God is really speaking. God is really talking today. And God really wants to meet you today. Whether you're four or 404, if you're 404, please come and give me a call. (laughs) Whether your week has been great and this was a wonderful time of worshipping God, this is still for you. If your week, hell, maybe your whole life has been hard and this was just really hard work, this is still for you. God really wants to speak to you today. As Gemma said, my name is Callum, and I'm going to be talking about that king we've been singing about. The king who is alive, who defeated death. And I'm going to be talking about his life in the Holy Spirit that Sandy welcomed us to be filled with. But before I begin, I have a question for everybody. Why did Jesus come to earth? It's a multiple choice question. So kids, why don't you listen? And your parents are going to help you answer this question. I'm going to find out what you think. So why did Jesus come to earth? Was it as a fulfillment of what prophets, priests, kings had said was needed? A king to lead the people of Israel. Was it B, as a saviour to defeat sin, shame and death, to create a way for all people, regardless of age, race, gender or class, to be freed and to have a relationship with God? Was it C, to model for the people of God how to live God's way? As a people who are equipped, empowered, loved and freed and able to show what God has done for them. Was it D? All of the above. You have got one minute to discuss with the people around you. So, shout out what you think the answer was. Well done. The answer was D, obviously. Jesus came to do all of the above. And we are going to look at how he did this. And what does this, what does this tell us? But kids... Something, a task for you. This is a very important task. Some people around you have got cups of water. I want you to look at them while I'm speaking and see what do they do with them. How much do they drink of this water? And at the end, we're going to come back to that. So, in the Bible, we read several times that Jesus was filled with the Spirit, that it equipped him, it empowered him, And that he worked with and in the Holy Spirit. And his baptism is, I think, a great example of this. In Matthew 3, verse 16 and 17, it'll probably appear on the screen behind you. It might be a little bit different to what I read. That's all right. It says, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove. And resting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. This is right at the start of Jesus' story. And it's not a bad day, is it? He gets baptized, as you'll probably have seen some people happen and will happen soon. He gets baptized, and as he comes out of the water, you know how we all cheer when somebody comes out of the water? As he comes out of the water, the Holy Spirit descends on him 
like a dove and rests upon him. And then a loud voice. I can't do this justice. But why don't we all try? We're going to read after it says, and a voice from heaven said. We're going to read that together and see if we can match the sound of what this voice was like. Ready? Three, two, one. This is my son, whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. I think I probably designed on there, but whatever. You get the idea. It would have been a very loud sound. If you were standing near Jesus when he was baptized, you wouldn't have been like, oh, I wonder who said that. Oh, I thought I heard something, but it was, it was quite quiet. It would have been a loud voice. Highlighting how important the baptism and the filling of Jesus with the Holy Spirit is. And later on in Acts, in Acts 10, verses 37 to 38, Peter reinforces this. Now, this translation is different to the one I'm going to read, but you'll see the idea. Peter, again, reinforces what we've just read. You know the story of what happened in Judea. That was where Jesus lived, in case anyone doesn't know. It began in Galilee. After John, this is the guy who baptized Jesus, preached a total life change. Then Jesus arrived from Nazareth, anointed by God with the Holy Spirit, ready for action. He went through the country, helping people and healing everyone who was beaten down by the devil. He was able to do all of this because God was with him. Now, if you read... The Gospels, you will read story after story of amazing and incredible things that Jesus did. Things that just aren't possible for you and me. We can't do lots of the things he did. What were some of those things? Does anyone know? Stick your hand up if you know. Matthew, you know something. He healed the sick. He healed the sick, absolutely. What's something else? Otherwise, I'll pick on you. I can't hear, so someone's going to... Perfect. He cast out demons. What's something else? Raised the dead. Walked on water. Kids, do you know anything? Murray, do you know anything he did? He doesn't. That's okay. We will work on that. He does all kinds of amazing stuff. He walks on water. He calms storms. He heals people who are sick. People who can't walk, he helps them get out and they can walk again. People who are having hard lives, Jesus makes their life better. This is one of my favorite stories, is kids, some of you might take a packed lunch to school. Jesus used that packed lunch to feed 5,000 people. Imagine your lunch that you take to school on a Monday morning being used to feed everyone in this room and loads more on top of that. It's crazy. And how did he do it? He was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, you almost certainly have a question if you've been listening to what I've been saying. And if you haven't, wake up. Why? Why did Jesus do any of these things? And that is a really good question. And John 5 gives us a fairly good idea. It says, the son can't independently do a thing. Only what he sees the father doing. What the father does, the son does. The father loves the son and includes him in everything he is doing. So what does this mean? It means that God, in every situation we've just shouted out, was already working. He was already moving, already doing things. And Jesus just saw that 
and responded to that in the Holy Spirit. Because you see, every time Jesus meets somebody, he changes their lives for the better. Their lives are always different and it's always a positive change. The Bible says in John 3.16, one of the most famous verses that I'm sure everybody in this room probably knows off by heart. In John 16 and 17, it says, For God so loved the world, that he gave his one and only Son. Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Now, while I, over the last couple of weeks that I've been praying, God has kept reminding me of when he calms a storm, and it's an amazing miracle. The disciples are scared. These are fishermen. These guys live at the sea, basically, and they're scared. So it's probably not great. And he calms the whole storm. And I, I'm always blown away. I'm always like, amazing. This is incredible. I'd love to see more calming of storms. I'd love to stop the rain raining on my washing and stuff like that. <laughs> but what happens next is he goes and meets some guy who's having a really bad life. He's got loads of demons that are possessing him and causing his life to just be awful. And what does Jesus do? Well, Jesus changes people's lives. So Jesus heals him. And then everyone says, that's amazing, but also really scary, go away. So Jesus gets on a boat and goes away. Jesus crosses a sea, calms a storm to heal one person. And then he goes right back home. If you're lost, if life's really hard. You can't go too far. You might think, oh, there's all this stuff that's in this way. There's all this storm that's in the way. Jesus is going to calm that storm. He's going to come and meet you. And he's going to change your life for the better. John in that verse makes it really clear that God loves the whole world. And that includes you. And he wants to save him. And there's lots of stuff that separates us. The Bible calls it sin. Jesus defeats sin on the cross and rises again. That's why we said death is defeated and the king is alive. And if you don't know God today, as I said at the beginning, he wants to get to know you. And at the end, there's going to be an opportunity for you to go into that bit more and continue that journey. Someone once said that to be a Christian is to be a living mystery. It means to live in such a way that one's life would not make sense if God did not exist. Back to our verse. The son can't independently do a thing, only what he sees the father doing. What the father does, the son does. The father loves the son and includes him in everything he is doing. That is John 5. Now this is saying, as we said, that all of the amazing things that Jesus did, he did because he saw the father doing them. And because we know Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit the whole time, means that all of this stuff that he did, that he saw God doing, he did because he was empowered and equipped and filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, you might be standing there going, this is great, Callum, you're doing great, bit slow in the middle, but you're doing good. <laughs> but you might be thinking, what on earth does this mean for me? I've been a Christian for 10 years. How has this changed my life? And this is, this is my favorite bit. This is where it gets really exciting. You see, if we work off the fact that everything Jesus did, he did through being filled with the Holy Spirit, 
And Jesus at one point says, it is better for him to go away so that the Holy Spirit can be poured out. It's mind-blowing. Jesus says it's better for him to leave so that the Holy Spirit can be poured out on all of us. And he goes on later to say that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That means that all of the incredible things we listed earlier, they're not exclusive to Jesus. It means we can see those happen too. It means all of the mess that is happening in other people's lives, we can help change that. We can bring Jesus to them. The other amazing thing that we don't have time to go into much detail about, the Holy Spirit does, is he helps us to know Jesus more and more. As we get to know the Holy Spirit, as we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we learn more about Jesus. And as we learn more about Jesus, Jesus points us to the Father. And as we learn more about the Father, we learn more about who we are, what our identity is, what our point of life is, what we're supposed to do next, and how we can be truly set free. But how was Jesus filled with the Holy Spirit? And how can we be filled? Did he have to do a dance? Did he have to eat a certain food? I hope it wasn't bananas. Did he have to avoid a certain food? Did he have to run around in a circle certain times? Do you want me to tell you the secret? He just asked. That's all he did. He just asked to be filled. And that's all we have to do. In Acts 4, it says, after they prayed, the place, they were, the place they were meeting was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit because they prayed and spoke the word of God boldly. Now, Karis is going to run around and I gave kids a whole bunch of people some cups and hopefully you've been watching what they were doing with them. She's going to run and we're going to ask people what they've done with these cups. And now these cups are images of what we are like and the water that was filled that filled all of them is like the Holy Spirit. So let's find out how people have got on with their cups of water. I haven't, haven't done anything with my cup. Haven't you haven't done anything with your cup? Anything. Have you drunk any of your water? Nope, nothing no. at all. And that's like some of us. Some of us are filled with the Spirit and we do nothing with it. We don't get to know God any better. We just let it sit there. We do nothing. What about next? I only had a little sip. You had a little sip. So you've, you've had some. You've got to know God a bit. You've moved in the spirit a little bit. You've been filled. And you've seen a bit of stuff, but it's not really important. What about somebody else? <laughs> you thought I was going to speak for longer, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> you know How much have you drunk, David? I, I drank all of it. You drank all of it. Amazing. Isn't that great news? Did you get more? No. And that, to be honest, is what I'm like most of the time, is I drink my whole cup of water. I'm filled with the spirit and I feel great. And then slowly I feel slow and tired. And I stop looking at God and I start looking at everything else around me. And I just get worn down. What about the last one? Well, most of it. <laughs> you drunk all of it? Drunk all of it, yeah. And yeah. did you get any more? No. Yes. Yeah, sorry, yes. 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 <laughs> Absolutely love it. Now, what Nate was supposed to say is he's had loads of it. It's all right, mate. I forgive you. 
So what Nate has done, he has done this, is he has drunk his whole cup of water, but he still wanted more. So he filled it up again and finished that. And then he wanted more, so he filled it up and kept doing that. And this is how we should be as Christians. The Holy Spirit, we should constantly be wanting to be filled. And a picture I find really helpful. We're nearly done. We've almost made it. We're going to respond very soon. One of the pictures I like the most is a gigantic sailing ship. You know, like the type that you've seen in like Pirates of the Caribbean, or probably sailing on the sea, to be honest. Ships with giant sails that look powerful and impressive. Without the wind, they ain't going anywhere. They're not moving. They might bob around a little bit, but they're not making any progress. And that's a bit like us. Without the Holy Spirit, we might bob a little bit, but we're not getting to know God. We're not going to be making any progress. We're not going to be seeing any of the stuff that he promises that we will see. But when the wind hits this boat, it moves. And it makes progress. And it takes people to where they need to go. The Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit, it's not an optional extra for some people over there. And it's not a once in a blue moon. When we ask people, when was the last time you filled the Holy Spirit? We shouldn't hear, oh, it was 1994 in a meeting. It was really, really good. It should be an every day. When was the last time I was filled with the Spirit? This morning. When's the next time I'm going to fill the Spirit? Now. Like the ship needs the wind. Because without it, it can't move. And like our bodies need water. Without it, we can't survive. We need the Holy Spirit. So we're going to respond now. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit to fill us. We're going to see ourselves becoming more like Jesus. And we're going to see some of the stuff that he did.